And like always, I'm going to make sure we're alive. We're alive. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure. I don't know what accent this is. We're alive. Is, is, is that an accent? I thought you were just I like singing. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know yeah, what's I, happening. I, I, think, I, don't, I don't think it's an accent. It's pretty bad. The entire time I was at the zoo in the Australian area, area I was doing Australian accent. Oh, <laughs> can I? Can I hear? Yeah, hold on. Let me. Hold on, let me. Can I hear that Australian accent? Well, the thing about Australia is it's kind of just like British Texas. You just kind of have to talk like this, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think about it? Am I wrong, mate? Like British all now. Like, Texas. British Texas. Wow. Think about it. Wow. Australia's British Texas. Yes. Yep. Mind blown. Right. I see a wild Macy. I'm going to approach it slowly now. Crikey, it looks kind of angry. That cast it. British Texas. If, if no one's got anything from this episode, British Texas. British Texas. <clears throat> anyway. I'm gonna play this intro real quick. Hit him with it one more time. Hit him with it. Thank you for listening. Wrong one. See? I knew it. I freaking knew it. Oh, was that the outro? That was the outro. Again. I'm not I'm mad. I'm just disapp- I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's worse. All right, for all our listeners, my bad. I'll hit you with the intro now. I know, and then I hit him with the outro again. Never mind. you're listening to the chris x claire experience the no holds barred podcast hosted by two insane best friends and a raccoon skull named remy no episode is the same and no topic is off limits as these two storytellers take you on a ride you're gonna wish you could get off of but enough talking. Strap in and clear your schedule. Check one, two. Testing, testing. The Chris X Claire experience begins now. Let's get this party started. What? what? Sounds fun. Wear your helmets. Hey, hey. Welcome to the Chris X Claire experience. This is episode 24 clash of the authors we're gonna have a great episode for you today especially because this is a fan sanctioned approved desired episode like they wanted this we got it for you we're not here to disappoint or we might disappoint i don't know we'll see but anyways (laughs) welcome 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 first i want to uh say i'm your host jay claire this is my co-host chris and then we also have our other co-host somewhere in the ether. I don't know. He, whatever he's doing. Remy. Not even Remy knows what's going to happen tonight. Not even Remy knows what's going down. But that's okay. So <clears throat> people might be wondering, why is this called Clash of the Authors? What is this about? All right. Well, on one of our prior episodes, Chris is better at remembering episode names more than I am, so I don't even know if she would know this episode name that they first introduced this prompt. <laughs> She's giving me a look like, no. Anyways, um, so during one of the episodes, maybe like, I don't know, five, 
episodes ago or something. Uh, we were asking the audience, the chat, um, what they would want, something they'd want us to do. And someone had the idea of writing uh, based on a prompt that they gave us. And the prompt was behind the mask. And so I wrote a short story based on the prompt. Chris wrote a story based on the prompt. And we do not know what we, we don't, I don't know what Chris wrote. Chris does not know what I wrote. And we're going to be presenting it tonight. We haven't even talked about it. But no. I, 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 did, I did ask asked one question. I was like, does this take place on Europa or Earth? That was right. the only question I asked. Right, that was it. That was it. And <clears throat> so we don't know what's coming down the pipe. Pike? Pipe? I don't even know the phrase. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not old enough to know that phrase. No, Micah, we haven't talked about it at all. Like, I know that he wrote something. Yeah. And I wrote something. I know that his is not fantasy, which... Why the fuck is it? Oh, never mind. But it's, but, <laughs> but, but, oh, what, what do you, what do you do? Well, I'm actually the CEO of a company called Fantasy World. What did you write? Oh, it's not fantasy. You, wh why? <laughs> Disclaimer? Like, spoiler? I, mean, I don't know. Look at it. It might be somebody's fantasy. Ooh, clues? Perhaps. Did I don't write, know. Did you write smut? Is it smut? <laughs> no, I'm saving that Did Julius that one. write smut? I did not. I did not, though. I did not write smut. No, but even though, remember, that was going to be, that was going to be, a, like, a prompt in the future, though? Let's, oh, yeah. Like, we have to write erotica. Write smut. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was based off our sex and literature episode, which I oh, think is one of my favorites. <laughs> Bro, if I had a top five, <laughs> if I had a top five, maybe even top three, I would say the sex and literature episode is up there. And Charles, someday, Charles loves that one. He loves I, it. Yo, that episode makes me cry. And literally right now, I'm going to write down, um, I'm going to create a starter pack <laughs> of episodes. Like if people like are brand new to us and they're like, <laughs> what are like the best episodes I can listen to that I'm just going to fall in love with? That's going to be one of them. Sex and oh, literature. Oh, for sure. The one where you do the Elmo voice is another one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys! <laughs> Hi guys! Welcome to the Critical Experience. <laughs> We're gonna have a fun show tonight. And um, listen, Elmo, Elmo's not gonna write porn. Okay, he's not gonna write smart. I just don't do that. I'm not gonna just say nothing about no winking ladies. That's not. That's not Elmo. I don't know who that is, but it's not me. <laughs> Girl, how tight do your balls get when you do that? That's intense. Like, I that lose, so I lose days off my life expectancy uh, every time I do that. <laughs> <laughs> for your entertainment, for your entertainment, don't be a dad. It's like how cigarettes take like seven minutes off your life. Yeah. The Elmo takes like two days. Yeah, it's just like it just it's just gone. Just oh shit! It just, it just takes it right off. Yep, it's, so yeah, so if Sesame Street ever hires me to oh, take the voice fuck. of Elmo, I'm gonna be like, okay, I can give you a good like five years. <laughs> and then I'm gonna be dead. That's all I'm. <laughs> I'm you're be on. Dead. You're on the show doing the voice, and you're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I know, but like, I have to retire. Like, I want to see my kids go to high school. I'm like, please, damn, please. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I need some water. 
Anyway, <laughs> so, but no, I think one of our prompts definitely will be smut at some point, mm-hmm. and it will be fun. I kid you not. Bro, I can't read smut on this show. Well, I can probably sit down on the floor where you can't see me and read it, but I cannot, like, look at myself reading smut. I will okay, literally, I'll do I, it. I will explode. I'll, do it. I'll take one for the team. I might, okay. I might laugh. I'm going to write the there. gayest, most lesbian, like, amount of shit that I can so that you can talk about a woman fondling another woman's breasts and I can just listen to it. I'm going to write it in first person, too. Do it. I am. You know what? I'll take one for the team because I'll be like, like, someday someone will be like, uh, I don't know, trying to, like, blackmail me or, like, try to do something embarrassing and i'm like listen i read smut on the show in front of what is now millions of listeners and i didn't give a fuck so <clears throat> I, you can't do anything to me i'm immune now but yeah you can't go ahead. touch me i you fear nothing but yeah <laughs> so you can so you- <laughs> how many voices are you sure that you don't have did my guy because like you be doing I some do questionable I do okay. not have DID. That's a fucking venom. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna read it in that voice. You gotta tell me what voice you want. And be like, wait, she caressed. Wait, I, I have, I have a question. If you had she a symbiote, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> if you, if you had a symbiote, what would it be named? Jeez. Um. I already symbiote. know mine. What? Split. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. He beat it. Like, why is why is it so fucking cramped in here? There's like 17 other things in here with me. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. He, I don't he, have elbow room. <laughs> I know. He's, he he leaves in the middle of the night like a. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like. I'm gonna go get a pack of cigarettes. You don't smoke, Split. I need like, something. <laughs> I don't know, it's... a gallon of milk I never returns. <laughs> there... Oh my god, the milk! He said... He said... Oh my god, he said... He's like, I'll wake up, and he's like walking toward, like slinking toward the door. I'm like, Split, where are you going? Go get some milk. <laughs> Just like that? Just shut up! <laughs> Aren't you allergic? Shut up! <laughs> shut up! <laughs> told you not to bring up my lactose intolerance um but no there oh my god there's this tiktok video that was so funny that it showed like a guy he was like yelling at his mom in the house and he was like yeah mom guess what i just got drafted into the nba and then all of a sudden the door opened to the house and in stepped the dad with the the gallon of milk He's gonna pack his cigarettes in his shirt pocket. <laughs> I told you I'd be back. I didn't say like, would you step through a portal or something? Or... It's a, it's it's fat. Remember whenever we watched that video of the guy that kept going through the portal? He was like, "Wait, don't eat the eggs." It's like right. that he, he comes no. out of the bathroom like, "Hey." I gotta write a short story about that now. Oh, there's that's a guy, there's hysterical. actually a dad that is like, yeah, I'm going to go get cigarettes. And he gets taken into like another world. And then, yeah, it's going to have to be a short story, though, because I don't want to stretch that out for a novel. Anyway, a tangent aside, <laughs> as we do. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Dab on. All right. That's old. Um, yeah, so we got our prompts. We're going to uh, read them. And then we're going to actually have some fun stuff. We're going to see a way in which we can actually combine them. 
and make them into, into a, a book, hopefully. Into like a third story, um, which will be, I'm very curious to know how that's going to work. And Listen, I wanted to say that I did a lot of the hard work for you oh. because of the character that I have is able to go between worlds. So I promise they can combine pretty easy. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see. I'm already, I'm, I don't, may not look it, but I'm actually a little nervous because I'm like, this story is like not, I haven't really edited it per se. So there might be typos in there and I'm going to cringe and I don't know. I skipped okay. through it earlier and I already found a couple. Bro, like, that makes me feel so much better because ah. you, you were like, hey, we're doing our stories. That was like, it's not through its eighth pass of editing yet. I'm like, I'm like, wait, hold on. It's not where it needs to be yet. Hold on. Yeah. Wait. It, all of our prompts are going to be rough. They're going to be rough. But oh, but I was going to say, um, <laughs> I was going to say about the smut thing, though. I kid you not, in anticipation for that prompt i've already been coming up with lines for it so just letting y'all know micah you don't <laughs> micah you don't understand so i guess i accidentally sent like my seventh draft like final draft of shadows wake to julius instead of the eighth which should have had all the typos out of it oh, yeah. and he was like yeah i'll go ahead and publish it it's good right and i was like yeah he like skimmed through it and he published it Oh god! And I got the book and I cracked it open and I was like, "Wait, no, I fixed that." And I like read another page and I was like, "No, I fixed that too." And I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, like, you edited this, right?" He was like, "I looked through it. You said it was good. What's wrong?" And I was like, "Oh no! <laughs> oh no!" <laughs> I like said yeah, the list this long. I was like, "How dare you! How dare you let me put this trash out there? People oh, yeah, have this was... on their shelves. People are." People have read it. They know that they come They're like, oh, look at this. I can make it. Oh, look at the dragon. She's a pretty color. Eh. And then she's like, oh my god, you can't spell the word the right. Okay, wow. Awesome. <laughs> what's I know? What's T E H? Is it? Did this person have an accent? Oh, she's trying to say the. Oh yeah! They, uh, they unfollow me on Amazon. <laughs> like, yeah. They like uh, get on my Facebook. You don't know how to spell the. I'm like, so you read it? <laughs> Yay! Who <laughs> was your favorite character? Behind Tim Mask. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Can you tell me to? <laughs> But you have to say it with the accent. Can you, can you tell me to story your mama about tonight? About tonight. About tonight. I look like I'm, I look like a Steven Tyler impersonator. Like I don't have on any makeup. My hair looks wild. I'm sunburn. I look like I should be. <laughs> I don't want to Don't copyright claim us, YouTube. God damn. Right. God. <laughs> no, we don't need another one of those, please. Oh, no. Seriously. <laughs> for for the seven seconds of a TikTok song I played. I know. Anywho. Mm, you ready for this thing? This The question is, my question is, who's going first? Hmm. 
Like, you're the established author, so I really think that, like, you should go first, you know, like, <laughs> just... Oh, uh, okay, alright, but you, ha you have to make me a promise, though. Even if you think my story is better, or whatever, even though I, I don't think it's gonna be, but if you think it's better, you still gotta read your story. Okay. Don't, I mean, don't back I mean, out. I mean, Dude, I'm gonna... I know I'm going to read it no matter what because I worked hard on it and I'm really proud of it, actually. I didn't say that it was good. I said that I'm proud of it. So y'all don't get that. Don't be, don't get it twisted. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. also, I'm also proud of my hair and it's not always the greatest. So, you know, it's fine. Um, so yeah, like, well, yeah, I'll read it no matter what. Yay. Thank you. I just don't, I just don't want to go first. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. God damn. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so are you? <laughs> why are you salty? Damn, damn, Q. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share screen it too. I was so gonna ask if you were gonna do that. Can, oh yeah, did you send me yours? Did I not? Okay, I will. Yeah, give me one second. Yeah. Okay, no problem. <clears throat> All right, so. So yeah, I'm gonna share screen it so people can actually read along and all that other BS. And um, let me make sure it's all zoomed in. Good, I guess. Yeah, that looks good. All right. Um, yeah. So yeah, Clash of the Authors. Here we go. So in this corner, we have. <laughs> Weighing, we have no idea because he refuses to weigh himself out of fear of the number. Jake! <laughs> Jake Weighed Ryan! in at none of your damn business. <laughs> the sound bite. None of your goddamn business. <laughs> Jake. The writer. Mediocre. Jay Claire. Mediocre. This motherfucker out here okay. is a no, is a you know is a literal full time author. Oh, okay, stop, I have three jobs right now, and I'm not making it, y'all. <laughs> My last check for Fantasy World was enough for me to go get a pair, like a, like a pack of gum. Okay, so y'all need to shut up about this mediocre bullshit over here. <laughs> I put gas in my car with my check and then went and got a pack of gum. That was my whole check. So it's I don't hard, know what the fuck out, he's talking about. It's hard out here for a pimp. It's hard out here for a pimp. Hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> to right. Julius Black Boy. <laughs> oh, so. what are you doing? Behind the maze. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> Behind the Mask by J. Claire. I will do my absolute best to not interrupt my stories with commentary and like, oh, I actually meant to do this, but I'll try to save everything. Uh, oh no, please please do that because I'm probably gonna do that. So okay. I will feel better if you do. <clears throat> also, I'm emailing you my <clears throat> right now. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, a <clears throat> it's a reflex. All right, so uh Behind the Mask by J. Claire. I can I can test out my audio my audiobook voice, I guess. Okay. All right, here we go. Oh, you didn't give it like a little like a little tiny name. You just kind of like left it as Behind the Mask. 
Yeah, I mean, okay. I could probably change the name, like okay. if we're publishing, end up publishing it. Or yeah, whatever, I, I, I still think that we should like put them together as one, like one I think book. So. That makes. I feel like it would be more meaty that way. It wouldn't yeah. be like little tiny guys. It'd be like a, you know. My God, I, now I'm now I'm getting nervous. I'm like, this Ma is gonna suck, motherfucker. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. When entering the illustrious industrial town of Musgrave, the first of the senses to be overwhelmed is undoubtedly the noise. The cacophony of horse-drawn carriages alongside incessant business dealings thicken the air like honey, and the townsfolk buzz from corner to corner without rest, relying only on the notion that later in the night they would be able to indulge in their favorite dinners, cigars, and women. The humming sound in the air not unlike the sounds of insects in the jungle, pierce even the thick reinforced windows of their lavish homes, filling each space like humidity. All except the kitchen. Mediocre. There. What? The <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You said mid- I am literally like already enthralled. I forgot no. that some of these words even existed. You're like, I'm mediocre. What am I then? <laughs> Space garbage? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all suck. <laughs> Y'all suck. <clears throat> anyway. Um, all except the kitchen. All except the kitchen. There, Kimberly Kinsler can be found. Her high heels clop, clop, clopping along the tiled floor, transporting each glass plate from the sink to the drying rack, which had been placed on the other side of the room. Her husband, Ainsley, had moved it there that morning after having commented that she was looking a bit thick around the waistline. In that moment, Kim had flashback to the time she had gotten lost while traveling from her sister's new home, and she had ended up with the savages in the nearby town of Komita. There, her body was embraced like aging wine, succulent and rich to the taste. The words that both men and women said of her beauty made her blush to the point she had to beg them to stop, lest she transforms into a bottle of Syrah. Kim cleared her throat as she felt a contrary thought crawl up the nape of her neck like a spider. She scratched at it, realized that there were suds on her hands, <clears throat> and then sighed heavily. Let it run. Let it make her spine tingle at the slow tickle. Let it make her feel alive like a lo lover's whispers upon her lips in the dark. A door slam, a heart skip, a familiar shuffle of feet close in a briefcase drop. Kim plunged her hand into the scalding water and grit her teeth, bearing the pain as long as she could. Her eyes widened like a praying mantis as her body screamed internally. If a neighbor had decided to walk by the little window in front of her at that moment, they would have swore, sworn, it's supposed to be, they would have sworn <clears throat> they had witnessed the face of a demon, but then it was gone. She raised her hand from the sink, a bit seared, but not yet cooked. Hey, Ainsley said, walking up behind her and kissing the back of her neck. Immediately, he backed away as if he had been sprayed by a skunk. Are you sweating? I've been working all day, she seethed, the words barely able to shimmy through the gaps in her teeth. Ainsley scoffed and put the back of his hand to his forehead. If that's true, then I must have a fever. This isn't a competition. What was that? He asked, the question sounding like the safety being removed on a revolver. N nothing. That's what I thought, he said. 
I spent all day working my ass off. The last thing I need is to come home and hear you complaining. We could switch places, she muttered, still facing the sink. Instinctively, she flinched, but there was no reaction extended her way, only silence. Was that better or worse? It's not a terrible idea, Ainsley replied, though I'm not sure you could find a job that could replace mine. How will you make enough money? I can look, she said, feeling her heart flutter. I can see if there's something suitable. You would have to approve it, of course. Then I could take over here at home, he said, as she turned to face him. Though he smelled like cabbage and did nothing to cover the balding crown of his fiery red hair, he was still handsome. A few more wrinkles, a bit of wear and tear in the eyes, but nothing a good smile couldn't fix. He was the same boy she had met in the summer many years ago, arguing together with the ice cream woman over whose cone belonged to whose after she, she made a mistake. It was their battle with the external world that had always bonded them, their fight against what society told them they had to be. But lately, domestication had begun to lower their defenses, picking away at their resolve through the daily grind and too much time apart. But he was still her Ainsley deep down. She could see that he burst out laughing. Look at your face, he cackled, holding his jaw as if it would fall off the hinges. You really believe what you just said? We both know you can't be out in public like that. You don't belong here. But Ainsley, Kim said, studying his face, perhaps it was all a joke within a joke. Kim, this is where I need you. There's no point changing roles now. I've already been promoted twice and I have a good reputation there. But you, you, she paused to make sure she got both shells into the barrel. All you do is stock inventory. What's wrong with that? He snapped, his face as red as his hair. Combined, he looked like an impish demon, red as Mars and just as distant. Nothing, well, that, she said. Huh? That, that was a great line. The red as Mars and just as distant. That's, ooh, ooh. Yeah, okay, I like that. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, daddy. You. Okay. <laughs> nothing, she said, unsure whether he she should reload. It's just that in most cases, it's a job that can be easily replaced. I know you try hard. I know you bring that stupid briefcase in and pitch ideas and try to look professional, but I hear the laughs in the streets, dear. They think you look ridiculous placing boxes on the carriages in an expensive suit. This was my father's, he snapped at her, the rim of his mouth beginning to foam. You forget that I did all this for you? The least you can do is be grateful. I had money too, she said, meeting his eyes. We both made the decision to go against their wishes. A fucking mistake, Ainsley said, slowly, enunciating each syllable. Then go back to them, she said, feeling short of breath. She tried to catch one, as if it was a firefly, a dimming light before her flitting away in front of her eyes, but she missed. Her breath caught in her throat. Don't cry, he groaned. Come on, don't do that. You know I hate that. I'm not crying, she said adamantly, narrowing her gaze. I'm serious. Maybe you should go back to them. They won't take me. They never liked me anyways. You know that. The only reason they even bought this house is because of you. Is that why you hate me? She cried. Because they like me more than you? No, he said. You did that all on your own. Ooh. What? She said, throwing up her hands. What did I do to make you hate me when I've done everything you asked? When I, I subject myself to this every day. She turned around and flicked the murky water in the sink. When I could be using the lessons my parents taught me and going to music or 
or I could get a job in which they need a translator or I can negotiate business deals like my father taught me. I could be a wife, Ainsley said. You could do that. But to be a widow, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I am, she said softly. I complete your entire list. That's exactly it. You don't do anything extra. Listen, I know you're restless, but this is what we have to do. We're married. We have a house. We are talking children. We have to suck it up and learn to love the routine we have. Dinner is in the oven, she said suddenly, wiping her hand on her apron. She started to remove it from around her waist as he stared at her in disbelief. What are you doing? Ainsley asked. I'm going out, she sobbed. But you went out last night. Hey, she snapped at him. A reaction so abnormal that it left him speechless. I'm not going to stay in this house a second longer. I'm not a prisoner. But Kim, I think you'll survive being on your own for a few hours, she said, flashing him a fake smile. Even prisoners get recreational time. Don't bother following me. Before he could say another word, she huffed out the door with her apron barely being cast aside as she slammed the front door. That's a terrible sentence, but anyway. <laughs> I said door twice. No, don't no! you hate that? Don't you oh, hate that? That's I like, said door twice. But bro, but like, it looks fine whenever you type it and then you read it out loud like, <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, ew, I have to. Okay. Okay. So like I have my theories. Okay. But as of right now, I definitely think that these characters can play into my world, and I'm kind of obsessed. It's really funny, actually, that this is the angle that you went, because you knew nothing about my story, mm -hmm. and my story deals a lot with abuse. Really? Ooh. Well. Wow. We'll Damn. See how, we'll, see okay. this, we'll see where this goes. All right. Let's we're go. Like, I'm like invested. Half, we're like halfway through. Okay. All right. So... Let's see if it all goes off the rails or what. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's possible, but let's, let's go. We'll see. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> the street cart creaked as she rested her palms on its sides. That was hard to say out loud, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. You <laughs> say that three times fast. Street <laughs> cart creak, creak, creak. I, I heard you go. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. The, the street cart creaked. As she rested her palms on its sides, she stared out over the cobblestone pavement and off into the sky, watching the sun set into the distance over the rooftops. Her nostrils flared as she grit her teeth, replaying the conversation she had with Ainsley earlier. With a grunt, she snapped back to reality, looking down at the slab of meat in front of her, sitting in a pink pool of its own blood on a tiny mat. She sucked her teeth and picked up the knives by her hand, and started by the, her hands oh, okay. and started cutting slivers of it, <laughs> muttering under her breath. It's not enough. It's not enough. She stopped cutting and stared down at the mound of flesh before her. When will it ever be enough? She sobbed and wiped her eyes with the back of her forearm, trying not to cry. She didn't want a pity, a pity buy from the pedestrians heading home. She knew where that would lead. A sale, assuredly. But only one from the but only one from that wow, I'm falling apart. But only one from that customer. <laughs> what the hell is I'm wrong a, with you? I'm a disaster. I know. I'm a failure. I I'd like to I'd like to remove my contract from fantasy. I'm, 
<laughs> what the hell happened? Anyway, <laughs> oh, okay. I said I'd get through it. <clears throat> but only one from that customer. No one wanted to feel bad when they dined. I need you to love me, she whispered, cutting into the meat again. She took a slice and placed it on a tiny glass plate. I need you to love me like you used to. Is that too much to ask? Is what too much to ask? She heard someone say in front of her. Oh, she said, taken aback by the sudden appearance of Langston Onyx. Langston. <laughs> he held up a hand and took a step back, his handsome face scrunched up in worry. She cursed herself for contributing to his future wrinkles. Sorry, she said, dropping her hands. I won't cut you. At least not with knives, he chuckled. He adjusted his top hat and pulled at the cuffs of his three-piece suit. I was hoping you would be here tonight. Your schedule is quite sporadic. It depends on the huntsmen we work with, she smiled weakly. She instinctively ran her fingers through her hair and then rolled her eyes at the realization. Nice. Langston laughed and pointed at one of the plates. I, I suppose I'll take that one, one without hair. You don't want to take a piece of me home, she said softly. He met her gaze. <laughs> oh, God, wait, where is this going? <laughs> and Micah said, okay, <laughs> he met her gaze. I'm sure there are parts of you that are quite delicious, but unfortunately Ooh. for you, I have enough hair in my diet. A missus? Hence my patronage, she smiled. Her meal planning has much to be desired. He reached into his suit jacket and procured a silver coin. Here, keep it all. I thank you, she said. He tipped his hat, grabbed his plate, and then was on his way. Kim sighed and shook her head. Why was Ainsley the only one she was able to pull into her web? If he hadn't been so damn playful when they met, he wouldn't have made her laugh. She wouldn't have begun to fall for him. She wouldn't be in this predicament now. She growled in frustration and cleaned up her station quickly. In a manner that would make a sanitation inspector trigger happy. Then she wheeled her car out of the way of the street and threw a tarp over it. She really didn't care if it was stolen at this point. Obviously, her new hobby wasn't working. The only thing she took with her were the knives, a stainless steel set that Ainsley had bought for her for her birthday, back when they would cook together, before they settled into the expectations of Musgrave. The streetlights flickered on at the same time as the fireflies. The sky became a dark blue as it settled in for the night, and the smells of home-cooked meals filled the air like a fragrance, making her mouth water. Lights popped on in the windows, and the sounds of the horses were no more. For all intents and purposes, Musgrave was closed for the night. But was she ready to go home? No. Curfew be damned. Let him worry. In the growing darkness, she felt for the belt around her waist, with the back of her hands and found the sheaths to each knife. She sheathed them carefully and then stepped backwards, further away from the street. She knew that she should head home, not because of Ainsley, but because of the reason behind the curfew. There had been a string of murders recently in the city, only a few, and they were spread out over the course of a month, but the inspectors had reason to believe they were all done by the same person. Murder was unheard of in such a prosperous, pro, pro, wow, <laughs> prosperous place, let, <laughs> let alone a chain of them being carried out by one psychopath. Who would jeopardize their position in Musgrave, let alone their freedom? I'm obsessed. If, oh, my gosh. You don't one, understand. <laughs> Keep going. 
Now, if one had bloodlust, they were better off in the neighboring mountain town of Hearth, where soldiers and warriors were trained and able to slay each other freely. She heard a twig snap in the small woods behind her, and she tensed up. Maybe I am being stupid. If I stay out here, I'm bound to be taken, and then what can I say then? Another twig snapped, and she crouched low behind a bush. Who else was out here after curfew with her? Though she should have run home in that instance, she was sort of enjoying the quiver in her stomach. Something about the thrill, the unknown of it all. It was calling her. Kim's wide, Kim's wide isn't she? <laughs> it's hard. Cannot say. <laughs> okay. She's white. One the cog. One the caucasity. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the mountains of caucasus. Caucasus. The unknown of it all. It was calling her, wooing her, daring her to take a step towards uncertainty. Kim exhaled quietly and then unsheathed one of her knives just in case. She crawled with it in hand, past the bushes that outlined the street, and further into the woods, blanketed by the canopy of trees above. She stuck to the grass and the dirt, avoiding as many sticks as possible as she motioned forward on her hands and knees. Several yards later, the wood dipped into a slight downward slope, because that's what, how, it, of course it dipped, goddammit. <laughs> leading into another patch of trees and flowers. Your comments slightly... are the best. You said, fucking shit. Oh! <laughs> I know. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> slightly hidden behind a tree below, she could see a silhouette standing and leaning up against it, arms crossed. She crept forward, looking around her for the start of a rendezvous. No sign of anyone else. She stopped when she heard the stranger humming. Now, why was it familiar? She had heard it recently. Not the tune itself, but the owner of that, oh my, it was Langston. Suddenly, it was as if the silhouette became detailed, though nothing had changed. She could see the way he leaned, the way his body was shaped, the tussle of his hair when he removed his hat. Avoiding the wife, are we? Typical. Krim crawled to the other side of the tree and then stood up slowly. With her free hand, she reached out toward his eyes as if to cover them. Then she grabbed his face and slammed the back of his head into the tree. I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I, you're like, I knew it. fucking knew it. Kim! Kim! <laughs> Kim! <laughs> Hercules! Hercules! Okay. I don't know why I'm clapping. I shouldn't be happy about this. Okay, go. He did not go completely unconscious, but her blade was already at his throat, ensuring he made no sudden moves. Even if he stirred wrong, he would slit himself. Now that she was up close, though, she began to worry. The scent, the clothes, the tone of his moans, it was all wrong. Even in the dark, she could sense that. When she realized the predicament she now found herself in, the grip on her knife became tighter. I knew it was you, he groaned through a whisper, half his face becoming illuminated by a break in the tree line, a shot of moonlight piercing them both. Ooh. You never trusted me, Ainsley, she said calmly. She pressed the blade deeper into his throat. How long have you been following me? Just tonight, he rasped. But I knew, I knew it was you all along. I need this, she cried. I know, babe, he said, but we can't. We can't do this anymore. It's too risky. 
We should have stayed in Hearth, her voice cracked. I was happy there. We both noticed no place to start a family. Here in Musgrave, we have everything we need. But is it everything we want? She sobbed, releasing the blade from his throat. Fine, Ainsley. I've been doing this behind your back. I broke our agreement, okay? Just get it over with and kill me. I'm a liability. Go find yourself another wife and play house in our home. I don't want another wife, he said, rubbing his neck. He took the knife carefully out of her hand and then sheathed it by her side. I want you. I've always wanted you. It's just, listen, I've been a mess too. I never see you. And when I do, we fight. And the guys at the job are annoying the hell out of me. Their wives are super submissive and do what they say and they egg me on about you. I start thinking that's how it's supposed to be. I start forgetting what we were supposed to be. Why I fell in love with you in the first place. Man, it's it's been rough not killing anyone. I've been on edge for a while. I know, she said, putting her head into his neck, resting on his chest as he raised the back of his head against the tree. He winced and she noticed him flinch. She reached up and caressed his cheek. I'm sorry I did that. I thought you were someone else. I'm glad, he laughed. If you knew it was me, I might not be alive. You've been unbearable lately. I have, he admitted. I hate myself, Kim. I hate what I've become. This isn't me. But you know we can't go back to Hearth. Not if we're talking children. I mean, should we even be talking children? We don't have to restrain ourselves, she said, sitting up to face him. She took his hands into his and looked into his eyes. I haven't been caught. And, and if we space out the kills, it should be fine. Oh, and if we alternate, that will throw off the inspector since we both killed differently. It's risky, he said. And if we have kids, what happens to them if we're caught? We won't get caught, she said. And if we think they're getting close, we'll move to a new district. Or maybe Kamita, start all over again. Let this place rest from the murders like we're letting the soil rest for farming. And if we are careful, we can do this. Then we don't have to deny ourselves. We can be who we are meant to be. We don't have to fight anymore. I don't know, he sighed, scratching his head. I really don't, Kim. I was losing my mind in that house, Kim said. But if I have an outlet, something to look forward to, I can do it. I can play the housewife. And when you come home, not only will you have a spotless house and a perfect dinner, we can take time out to plan and study our next target. That does sound appealing, he said, and I could get through work. What in the could next year is happening? <laughs> we could even mark some of the people I work for. I already know your first mark here in Musgrave, she said, shaking in excitement. Who, he scowled, Langston Onyx. Who is that? Ainsley frowned. The man that I was going to fuck, she said, raising her eyebrows. Her eyes smiled with delight when she saw the raw anger pouring over Ainsley's face. You were what? I'm not going to, she said, but before now, before we talked this out, I was going to go home with him if he allowed it. He's really handsome, successful, fashionable. I couldn't restrain myself around him. I had to either sleep with him or kill him. There was no in-between. I have to taste him somehow. Is that who you thought I was tonight? It was, she said playfully, licking her lips. But you're mine, he said, grabbing the side of her face. He pulled her close to his forcefully. I know, she whispered into his lips, but I can't survive if I don't eat. And I'm so hungry, it hurts. Can you make it stop? She squeezed her legs together. From now on, he said, we eat together. We play together. All right? Feed me, she said, and I won't have a reason to bite back. 
done, he said. Then he kissed her hard. <laughs> Before I go to the... <laughs> Should I just finish? You guys got a comment real quick. There's one last section, then it's over. Well, no, me and Mike are both... Like, no, every single thing Mike is spitting out, I'm agreeing with. <laughs> it's, what it's, God? <laughs> damn the whiplash! Yeah, right. It's like what? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm still not okay with how Ansley was being really aggressive. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, okay. I'm still not okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of happy whenever I thought that she was the killer because I was like, oh, she's been pushed too far, battered woman. Okay, like power to the people, mm -hmm. and now they're like. Eating the read the next part. <laughs> Kim smiled as she heard the customer clear his throat. She lifted her head from the slab of meat, and her grin widened when she saw him. Question: I'm sorry. Um, is she a butcher? Like, does she? What does yeah. she do? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I know. I I need to change some stuff. No, you're fine. I was just wondering. Thank you. He truly was handsome. Probably had things handed to him easily. Got the pick of the ladies. Kim was probably too ugly for him. Why sample the desperate when he could conquer women that were perfectly happy before they came across him? Langston Onyx was also a murderer. He just shed hearts, not blood. It wasn't fair. Hello, Langston, Kim cooed in a breathy tone. Hello, miss, he said, tipping his hat. I'll take that meat over there if you don't mind. He reached into his suit jacket and procured a gold coin. Oh, gold today, Kim asked in disbelief. What's... What's... What's the occasion? What the occasion, though? <laughs> what, the, what the occasion, yeah? <laughs> I'm feeling generous tonight, he smiled. We'll hurry it up, another customer said from behind. Curfew is upon us. Langston turned around in surprise, not used to a line. His face met the confident countenance of Ainsley Kinsler. Excuse me, Langston asked. I said curfew is upon us. Ainsley gave him a curt smile. It's not good to be out after then. You've heard of the murders recently? Who hasn't? Then it's best we hurry along. You don't know who in Musgrave it could be. Kim scanned, scanned the street while Ainsley spoke with him. When Ainsley's eyes met hers, she nodded and unsheathed her knives. It must be someone from Kamita, Langston said. No one in Musgrave would be that barbaric. So it's barbaric to kill someone, but not to ruin other marriages? Langston frowned at him. What are you talking about? You have affairs with other women, let their husbands find out, and then laugh as the wives are thrown out into the street, forced to sell themselves to keep up with their lifestyle in Musgrave. What? I've never, I'm happily married. Tell that to your victims, Kim said. As he spun around to face her, his neck met her blade. Ainsley was right behind, grabbing Langston by the chin and thrusting his head back so that his ch chest and neck was exposed. Ainsley stabbed him over and over with his own knife as Kim stood back and admired the view. Ainsley continued to stab the man. The suit jacket turned from black to red as the sun set into the skyline. Kim began cleaning her knife as she listened to the beat of the beat of the knife. The defeat. You said you said Kim began cleaning the knife as she listened to the, the beat of a knife. <laughs> I hate it when words are said twice in a sentence. Anyway, as she Same. listened to the beat of the knife being plunged into flesh, the squishing sound of muscles, muscle and tendons being pulled and torn like overstretched rubber bands. Oh my better, God, it meets people, isn't it? Better him than their marriage. 
for what is more important than love? And that's the end. <laughs> that's a, I it needs it needs a little work, admittedly, I think. Um I could use some better transitions here and there. I definitely have to clean up the editing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was getting mad. Okay, wait, Micah, listen. There is literally, like, there was, remember how I told you that we published, published the wrong version of Shadow was Wake? I literally sent Julius a line because we talked about how much we hate, like, using the same word, the same sentence. Oh, I hate it. There was a paragraph where I used the word young like 17 times. <laughs> I was like, if you do not fix this, I'm going to commit non-living. Please. <laughs> non-living. Like, non-living. Please do ne- never let me write anything again. But no, bro! That was fire! It was, like, I didn't, I didn't know which... <laughs> Like, I hate it. I still don't like Ansley. Listen, I oh, don't no, care. Yeah. I don't care what you do. I don't care what whatever the fuck. Like he's mm, okay. So like I, I think she could do better, to be honest. But I just want to say, um, these characters fit so well into my world. It's not what? even funny. Really? Like them and my main character, they fit in with him so. Oh my god! I'm so excited. Really? I'm literally. This is gonna be an amazing book. It really is. I'm pumped now. <sighs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I like. I don't know. Yo, I have a question. Is the meat people? Are they killing people, eating people, I, and then I, and then and then shipping off people to people? <laughs> I left that ambiguous on purpose. I wasn't sure if it, if I wanted to leave it. Like, Bro, no, hold on, wait. Imagine, imagine if you will, okay, that mm-hmm. Onyx's wife is just like, oh wow, got this amazing, amazing meat for the butcher for my husband's funeral. Tee he's been dead so long, we don't even know what happened to the body. Monch, like. Yes, I like it. Bro, I mean that's sick, but I like it. Yo, <laughs> y'all are clo- y'all are closer than you've ever been, actually. Like I've heard. You're. <laughs> It's like he's right here. <laughs> On this episode of My Strange Addiction, Mrs. Onyx talks about he's addicted to eating her husband's hamburger patties. <laughs> it's just meatloaf. No, no. We all know that's we all know that that's Langston. We know it is. Please. Oh, this steak is medium rare, just like he always likes it. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Okay. I don't know. When I like write stuff, I always wow. try to like the way the way I write is weird because I try to surprise I try to surprise myself in a weird way, even though no, I know I, I what's that. happening. I had weird. no clue how I was ending my my section yeah. of Behind the Mask until I wrote it and I was like, hmm. Okay. Okay. You ready for yours? Yeah. Let's do it. Alright, I'll pull it up. I don't do you do you want to read it off of the shared screen or or you have your own screen? Is that what you, is that what you did? Did yeah, you read it sh- off the screen? I did. But yeah, it's I'll, it's up to you. Um I'll just do that. Okay, cool. Alright, uh let me share it. And you haven't read any part of it yet, right? None. Okay. You'll probably have to scroll for me though, I can't scroll. Oh, no problem. No problem. Okay. 
so this is my oh god <laughs> okay this, this is, is in this corner no, I was kidding all right go ahead in this corner, weighing at 202 pounds with lots of anxiety. This is Chris Garcia. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so this is my segment of Behind the Mask. I didn't name my segment. It's called Oleander. Love it. Um, and if and yeah, I won't go into details about what Oleander is, but I'll explain at the end. Okay. I did do something different with mine. I wrote it in first person, and I don't ever write in first person, but I'm okay with it actually. So y'all, y'all come for me if you hate it. Let me know what you think. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. If you have come across me in my youth and told me who and what I was to become, I would have never believed you. Surely with the braid in my head working as it does, I would have turned and fled and cried to my mother about you and your impossible declaration. She would have comforted me with a gentle, gentle word and some warm tea and then sent me off to bed. However, time has a funny way of making one eat their words, and we'll see many a man doing what he once believed to be impossible. I fear my life is no different in its relationship to time. No different at all. Walking through the valley, it is nearly impossible to fathom that there could be a place in any world where something could exist of malicious intent in any nature. Here in Starendale, where the grass is viridian and the sky is cyan, where the flowers are as tall as trees in some parts with petals and cut. This is why I laugh whenever you start reading yours because mine's because literally they open the same way. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, we didn't talk about it. It's insane. Okay. My ass would have said the grass is green. <laughs> <laughs> said viridian. I'm like, where, oh the, where the flower. I love the color of viridian. It's one of my favorite colors. Where the flowers are as tall as trees in some parts with petals and colors no human could even begin to dream of. There has never been darkness in Starendale. Never once has a murder taken place inside the rolling hills of this precious valley. When life flickers out, it does so on its own accord, not from the idle hands of the outside forces. It really and truly is a miraculous place to be. Strolling by an ivy lattice, ooh, ivy lattice cobblestone cottage, I was reminded of, a tra of the tragedy that befell Nora Weatherbrook only last winter. Her dearest husband of 52 years died in his sleep. It was such a horrid thing, a sad thing, really, that Tucker just drew his last breath wrapped in the arms of his beloved wife. Poor Nora has hardly spoken since the day, and those of us in the community take turns checking on her. We worry for her, we really do. She's such a sweet old woman, and she's been quite and she hasn't been quite right since her mistress departed. As I passed by her home, I saw her on the front porch soaking in the serendipity of the day. Her nimble, gnarly fingers were working at a feverish pace, feverish pace to knit a blanket. The woven blue tendrils of thread draped over her lap as she strung the needles through the loops. I waved at her and she responded with only a nod. I made a mental note to, to bring her some pastry soon. A cup of tea with a scone would do her wonders. Hmm. Another half-hour walk filled with green leaf trees and butterfly songs brought me to the steps of my own humble abode. It isn't much, really, not compared to what many others have here in the valley. The simple stone cottage may not be worth anything to most, what with the white paint chipping off the sides and the roof in desperate need of repair. But for me, well, I think it's mighty fine. <laughs> the hills of my feet throbs I took off my shoes. A hard week, week of work had left my body quite tired and my soul in desperate need of repair. The holes in my socks reminded me that I've been neglecting some simple things again. I jotted down the need for new footwear on a half-written list on the coffee table before rustling about in the kitchen. I settled down with a glass of dandelion wine and not the freshest muffin to let the familiarity of my home drown out the busy thoughts of next week's schedule. 
there were more there were more assignments waiting for me that I could count on my hands, and the thought of it all made my head throb. The ever steady whirring of the overhead fan rustled my hair and brought an unwelcome heaviness to my eyelids. Each bite of muffin tasted more and more like blueberry-infused exhaustion until it eventually faded and turned to ash in my mouth. I don't even remember falling asleep, but bless it all, fall asleep I did, and without ever having taken a drink of my wine. Dear God. What? It's <laughs> so poetic. It's so good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I, love like, the, I love that the page break happened just so I could dry heave. Like, I'm, I'm like, right. <laughs> it's like an intermission. All right. The steady rasping of knuckles on my door woke me from a deep slumber. I jerked to my feet, nearly knocking over my glass of wine and almost tripping over myself as I did. I wiped the saliva from the corner of my mouth and made my way across the living room. I peeked cautious, cautiously through the peephole before opening the front door. I knew this unexpected guest quite well. Taryn Merkside is, is, is your average Joe of sorts, a friendly man, a gentle soul who enjoys simple things. He is a gardener, a fisherman, and a downright decent guy. So you can only imagine my surprise when I learned he was the one to deliver me my weekly regimens. I already struggled to believe that a place like Starndale would need someone of my occupation. After all, I was transferred here only 16 months ago upon request. Then to find the jolly, the jolly right hand, uh, right hand of the mayor to be my my perpetual bearer of bad news, it was quite strange, quite strange indeed. Did I disturb you? Taryn asked me with those warm brown eyes, ever soft as amber. I shook my head and moved aside, motioning for him to enter. The kindly man settled himself in on the couch and gratefully took a freshly chilled cup of dandelion wine. I figured I'd spare him the formality of the glass. I could tell he was here on business. It's good to see you back so soon from assignment. The last venture was rather how harrowing, wasn't it? I've been to worse places, I replied as I nestled cross-legged onto the next cushion, over from Taryn. I take it you have a gray envelope with, with my, for me with my, with, blah, 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 blah. I take, <laughs> uh, why was that so hard? I take it you have a gray envelope for me with new summons. No, not exactly. It's mulberry this time, chuckled the farmer as he handed me a rather ragged-looking piece of parchment. The corners of the letter were torn nearly to pieces, and the ring of dark magenta wax that held the seal to the bottom was chipped in several places. I took the parcel curiously, wondering where a letter of such coloration had come from and how they'd come to ask me of my service. Being discreet is the name of the game, and colors like this are far too bold and striking to be secretive. I opened it cautiously and removed a folded um, yellow paper from inside. I hungrily read the words that were sprawled across the page, hardly able to believe my eyes. Is this for real? I asked Taryn as I completed the summons. My services are needed there? It would seem so, my friend, and the writer was quite urgent, so says the crow who brought it to me. They even paid in advance the entire amount in full, nearly 2,000 tokens. 2,000. My mouth hung open as Taryn showed me the heavy bag of coins. 2,000 tokens was twice the amount I usually charged, and most clients typically paid me half before the job was done and then half after. To front it all at once? What's the catch, Taryn? There has to be something off about this off about this job. All the way to Earth? The entire payment? Double my usual fee and coin up front? I feel like I'm walking into my own funeral. Taryn lifted his hands and shook his head. I know only what you do. The crow said that the mailer expressed how urgent this job was, and they sent a hawk along with the tokens for you. It is urgent and incredibly time-sensitive. The client wants you to leave today to hopefully make it there by tomorrow night. That's a long way in a day. I need a horse or a dragon or a car, magic or something. But honestly, wings might be faster. I replied with a shake of my head. 
as my friend handed me my wages. Usually I would have counted them out, but I could tell by the weight that I had what I was meant to. I looked up into Taryn's eyes and he raised an eyebrow at me. Will you take this job or do I need to call for the Hawk and the Raven? I'll accept it. I said cautiously as my mind began to whir. Will you do me a favor while I'm away, though? Of course. My houseplants could use a bit of love, and I'm afraid I've been neglectful as of late. Do you mind just to stop by once a day to open and close the blinds so they get some sunlight? And just talk to them a little. It really does mean the world. Taryn chuckled softly and gave a small nod of his head. Yes, I can do that, Jessup. And old Willow Willowbrook looks rather down. I saw her knitting um I saw her knitting a blanket yesterday. I was going to take her some scones and tea, but as I'll be away for the next few weeks, I'll surely have to reschedule. Would you mind to check on her on your way here each day? I can do that too. My friend told me with the odd look on his face. You know, Jessup, you may be the strangest man I've ever known. You think an assassin would be cruel and heartless. <laughs> but here you are asking me to talk to your plants and have tea with the sweet widow woman the next glen over. I just don't understand you, but I'm glad you're my friend. I offered him a small smile as I guided my companion toward the door to see him out. And I do hope and pray my name is never on a piece of paper to be delivered to you. Even if it was, Taryn, I wouldn't take the job. Not for all the coins in the world. <laughs> I know the. I was like, the sweetness. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, assassin. Okay. Co comments, questions, thoughts, concerns? I was, I was like... Yeah, I, I I was like, what, I, for some reason, I thought it was a woman too. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Do tell. Um, I want Jessup to be an unstereotypical kind of assassin because he's very feminine and sweet and gentle, and like the more uh, little details that you get of him, like the more and more you see that he's gentle. Um. So I, I like the kind of clash of his character. And then, and then another character that comes in later is his polar opposite in every way. Um, I, I, love, I love the tone that you set up in the beginning because it was like so, it was so like soft and poetic. And like, I just like got an image of, like in my head, Jessup was like not an old woman, but like, I don't know, maybe like middle-aged or young middle-aged middle plain jane kind of person yeah but she's like really sweet and i just mm -hmm. saw her like just kind of you know just at the table just kind of you know just i don't know it's it's i love it though okay. awesome. all right i made my first hit when i was 15 years old i grew up poor and without a father he ran off when i was young he left with some whore from down the road he was half my mother's age and a quarter of the size she never talked about it much but i know that her self-esteem never recovered from it Having a son and then three sets of twins almost back to back had never done her had done her body no favors. But oh no, no! But in in my eyes, oh. no, you, <laughs> you piece of shit! <laughs> I am worthless. <laughs> okay. Doesn't it feel terrible? <laughs> okay. No, feels yes, three sets of twins back to back to back. Um, but in my eyes, she was and still is the most beautiful woman I've ever known. There isn't anyone alive who can change my opinion on that either. My mother raised me and my and my six sisters all by herself in a rundown barn that we called a house. It was falling apart, but we never noticed. Mom made sure we didn't know how poor we were. She would tell us that the water drops that leaked down from the ceiling were gifts, wishes from the rain we had to collect. My sisters and I each had a metal bucket with our names on them, and we would all try to find the spot that leaked the most when it rained outside. Whoever's pail was full the fastest got to make the most wishes. 
I usually let my sisters win, but I did pull a victory once. About a week later, I watered the garden with my bucket of rain wishes and told each plant and sprig in the patch about something I hoped and dreamed for. The crop of vegetables that grew from that batch were the best we ever had. So don't think I'm crazy for asking Taryn to talk to my houseplants. It works, trust me. When I was 14, my mother broke her ankle. I don't remember what happened exactly. I think she was carrying baskets of vegetables from the garden. She didn't, she didn't see my sister's little wooden horse and tripped on it. That's when my life changed forever. That's when I became the man of the house. For the next six months when my, when my mother's foot healed, I took over her responsibilities as both parent and caretaker. And you best believe I took the job very seriously. I bathed all six of my sisters and made sure their clothes were clean and, and washed for school. Three times a day, I fed eight hungry mouths. I very quickly learned Mama's sneaky trick of taking less for myself so that others didn't have empty bellies. On my 15th birthday, Mom and my, Mom and my sisters ganged together and made me a birthday cake. It was a carrot cake made with, the fr with, made with fresh carrots from our garden. They had gr they had ground the ground grounded. They had ground the spices mm -hmm. by ground. They had ground the spices by hand and used eggs from our single old hen, Cora. The icing was just milk, flour, and powdered sugar, but my God, was that slice of cake the most divine thing I've ever washed my palate in. I remember it so clearly because of what happened next. Uh, Mom told me she had borrowed the flour from a neighbor of ours, a kindly woman named Lena. In exchange for it, she promised Lena a piece of cake. When I walked it over to her house, the door was ajar, and there was a great deal of noise coming from the room behind. Naturally, being the inquisitive te young teenager I was, I peeked inside. Lena was screaming at someone, a man I didn't know. Tears were rolling down her face, and then I saw a hand, his hand, strike her. The blow was so hard that it sent Lena tumbling backward. She noticed me then, and she picked herself up from the ground and told the man that I had seen him. He stormed out through the kitchen, and Lena let me inside. She apologized again and again for me having witnessed it, but I was more angry than I was scared. I could see the red whelp on her face from, the, from his palm and the exhausted tears glossing her eyes that were not falling only for my sake. I offered Lena the cake and she took it gratefully. I asked her if there was anything I could do for her. Jokingly, she told me I could kill her ex-boyfriend. I told her I'd do it if we could borrow some more flour. I wanted to make pancakes for my for the family, but flour was hard to come by. And I knew my birthday cake had taken all of our preserves and a few cups from Lena's pantry. With a peculiar look on her face, Lena told me if I kill him, if I killed him, she'd make sure we always have flour in our cupboard. Laugh. It's funny. I mean, from I'm a like, kid's, oh I mean, from a poor kid's perspective, he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, like, I'll do it if you give me flour. Like he's that poor. Like he like, is, cool. he is so poor that he's like, kill this dude, get flour. <laughs> kill this shitty dude that just hit you, get flour. <laughs> we, we both have killers in our stories, we right? Must be, we must be besties. I know, <laughs> besties. <laughs> I left her house about 10 minutes later and followed the footsteps that her ex had stomped into the ground outside her door. I followed them into the woods and left my shoes by a tree stump with moss grain on it. Barefoot and on silent feet, I eventually caught up to the strange man. He wasn't very big or tall, about my size if we're being honest. Not that it is ever okay in any sense, but he definitely wasn't the kind of person who had any business hitting a woman. <laughs> I'm sure, you know the kind. I'm sure Lena, <laughs> I know you do. I'm sure Lena could have knocked his teeth out herself if she wanted to, and she stood only a breath over five feet. And now here he was, walking with his hands in his pockets, his back to me. He didn't regret hitting Lena. I could tell. 
In fact, I bet 6,000 tokens he wasn't even thinking about it, even as the skin on her cheek was bruising. That made me angry in a way I can't explain. I won't bore you with the details here. There was a rock involved and a bit of struggling, but I found the event itself to be quite painless, actually. I finished the deed quickly and did what I had to do. Again, I won't bore you with the details here. There will be plenty of that later. But after I was done, I buried my mess in my overshirt, then washed my, washed my hands clean in the creek. I made it back to Lena's place in less than an hour. She was washing dishes with her back to me when I entered the kitchen, but she had heard me come in and begin to dry her hands on a towel. Is he dead then? She asked me as she followed. As she followed. Oh no, my God! What is that? Is she <laughs> folder? What? I Is she folder the tile? Wow! All right. Is he? She asked as she folded the towel into a neat triangle. I nodded as she turned to face me. He is, ma'am. I buried him good and deep. I told her. Perfect. She said that she handed me a bag of prepared flour and winked at me. To <laughs> Shut up, Micah. She said the universe had to humble you a bit. Right. Perfect. She said that she handed me a bag of prepared flour and winked at me. Tell your mama the flowers for the slice of cake. Carrot is my favorite, after all. When you run low, let me know. I'll never let you run out. You hear me, Jessup? Dang. Yes, ma'am. I yes, ma'am, I hear you. I told her as I turned to leave. Mama cried when I showed her the bag of flour. And that batch of pancakes was the best I ever made. <laughs> the next month, Lena brought one of her friends to me. She too had someone she didn't remove from her life. Her current husband who didn't like taking no for an answer and thought consent was a made-up word. I did my work and the barn got a new, uh, the barn house got a new roof. This went on and on in small favors for years until I turned 21. Sometimes my work would take me out of town for weeks at a time, but every time I came back, Mama looked better and better, and I had more and more things we needed. The week of my 22nd birthday, we sold the barn and I moved Mama and the girls into a pretty bungalow on 17 acres of land. That was the day I got my first job for tokens. The money rolled in and has never stopped. I'm sorry, I was entranced. I, oh, you're fine. My, my bad. <laughs> I was. I was. And now. I was to follow a trail of coin breadcrumbs to Earth on the biggest assignment of my life. I just had to figure out who I was sending. Someone like me is used to not recognizing the reflection in the mirror. I don't alter my appearance because I'm an assassin by profession. It's simply in my DNA. It runs through my father's side of the family, but only for the males, generally. We are known as the gifted. I won't get too much into that right now. You really don't need to know too much about it. I can just I can, I can just change my appearance to whatever I want it to be. Human, fairy, pixie, you name it. Anything from any world. What do I really look like? What am I? Well, I can't just tell you that so soon. I do I do so beg your pardon, my friend, but it'll spoil all the fun. I promise I'll tell you at some point, but we're just not quite there yet. The front the front I give is barely basic. Uh, caramel skin, chocolate-hued hair, brown eyes. No tattoos or markings that are distinguishable. My face isn't remarkable. I wouldn't call myself handsome. Just an average guy. For my work, however, I've been many people with many faces. For this expedition, I chose a classic. Pale skin, beard shadow, thick, inky black hair, and eyes. Iris as blue as Starendale sky. Bundle all of that with a dashing expression and perfect white teeth, and I was now the man for the job. I dress classically, professionally, in blue dress slacks with a crisp white polo. Perfectly shined black leather shoes and a dash of cologne. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I met my usual fairy at the local pub. She slipped me a little blue box and I gave her ten tokens. 
I left shortly after, went for a stroll in the moonlight, and lost myself in the woods. Careful to make sure no one was around, I opened the box and pulled out a tiny glass bottle. I removed the cork, sprinkled some of the dust inside in front of me, and kept on walking. Within seconds, I was gone from Starendale and stepped onto hard, raking black asphalt. Ah, the human world. Earth is a strange place. It always has been. I've never been fond of the smell in particular, especially in big cities like this. Chicago is always heavy on my soul. It's too busy and too loud, and it makes my heart ache. A human place so known for war and aggression holds it onto echoes of time past, and the Windy City has a lot of buried memories. It's not ideal for me in the slightest, but it's where the letter summoned me to, to be, and that's just the way it is. I nodded to a man passing me by as I ran my thumb across the enchanted daisy pendant in my pocket. It was a gift for my mother, and I had it charm when I started to attain consistent income. Now it leaves enchanted petals for me that only I can see that will lead me to my destination, any, any destination I desire. Currently, I was in search of some place called Grounded. An odd moniker, no doubt. I followed the trail around a tight corner and nearly ran face first into the hand-painted glass door of a quaint little coffee shop. Suddenly, the name made sense. Wow. <laughs> when I stepped inside, a bell attached to the door let out a soft jingle and someone called to me from behind the counter. The aroma of freshly ground coffee beans and rich, smooth chocolate encompassed my senses, and I took a seat, uh, took a, took a seat at a little table by the window. I took out the letter in my pocket and, and read over it again. The client who hired me for this hit explicitly requested that I be in this place at this time, but the only person in the shop was a teenager behind the counter who was pouring freshly ground beans into a yellow bag. Surely I wasn't sent all this way to murder a child. I do have my morals, you know. Despite what you might think about me, there are some cases I just won't take on. I won't take hits on children, and I won't take cases for petty reasons. I'm not going to kill someone just because they hurt your feelings once in the third grade. It has to be a real solid case. I've assassinated every kind of person you can imagine. Politicians, other murderers, pedophiles, abusers, aggressive drunks, just bad, bad people. But I've never committed a hit on a child, and I don't plan to. If my mama ever found out what I do for a living, I know I could look her in the eye and tell her the name of every life I've ever taken. If I unjustly removed someone from existence, I know it would break her heart. I won't be responsible for that. Ever. I jumped when the barista harshly set a mug of delicious, fragrant-smelling coffee down in front of me. The notes of chocolate and heavy caramel made my mouth water, and I dug, my, dug in my po pocket for a token. As I touched it, the change, uh, change piece switched from a magic coin to a $5 bill in American currency. I raised an eyebrow as the girl took a seat in the vacant chair across from me. I handed her the cash. Is $5 enough? I didn't place an order, but this looks so good. I hate to waste it. Uh, caramel and chocolate is my favorite combo. You look like a chocolate and caramel kind of guy. She responded with a voice much older than I imagined. She was an odd-looking girl with tawny skin and, and springy, vivacious curls, the same hue as honey. Her eyes were as ember, were an ember unlike anything I've ever seen. I realized up close that she was definitely older than I thought she was. She had some age on her uh, age on her face and the lines that creased around her mouth and eyes. And there was something haunted in her expression I couldn't quite place. She held my gaze for a few moments and then looked away, tucking the $5 bill into her shirt. And the drink is on the house. It's my original recipe. I called a whirlwind. Give it a taste and tell me what you think. Even more curious now than I was before, I lifted the mug to my lips and took a drink. I never tasted a concoction on earth so smooth as ribbons, so smooth as ribbons of chocolate silk melted against my tongue. The earthy Java, Java, yeah, flavor uh, came suddenly after in the sweetness of caramel finished glass. I gave a nod of my head and wiped the excess from the top, from the, from the top, 
from my top lip. Wow, that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. It's it's delicious. I hope your boss is paying you a fair wage. Well, this is my shop. So, no, she isn't paying me nearly enough. I need to give me a raise. You own this place? I asked. Amazed that someone this young could own her own business. That's weird. That's a weird... Why are those words look never mind okay, own her own business? It was a heavy feat in in some places and so in some place where currency wasn't all consuming. But to accomplish it here on Earth, I was impressed with my little barista. I took another sip, then casually glanced out the window. Waiting on a date? She asked me as she wiped a bit of coffee grounds off the tabletop. Kind of. I'm supposed to be meeting someone here. I've never met them before. I don't know what they look like, but I was told to be here almost five minutes ago. How do you know who you're looking for if you've never seen them? I just do. Call it intuition. Okay. She leaned back in the chair, studying me as I took another drink. She seemed to suddenly notice the parchment in my hand. Did I write you that? Who actually writes letters anymore? <laughs> I beg your pardon? I retorted sharply with a small smile. Where I come from, we write letters all the time. It's classic, poetic, beautiful. Don't you agree? Uh, I guess so. She replied, those odd amber eyes, amber eyes searing into my soul. Odd? Usually mortals get uncomfortable under my gaze. Call it uncanny valley or whatever you will. Most non-magic beings become unsettled in the presence of anything that holds even a spark of something higher than themselves. She had my interest, for sure. What's your name, Miss Shop Owner? Charity Manon. That's a lovely name. Thank you. <laughs> What's yours? Damon Iveswick. I replied with a moment of without a moment of hesitation. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Then she leaned forward in her chair and placed her palms flat on the tabletop. The shop doesn't open for another hour. Is that enough time for me to discuss my request with you? I nearly <laughs> choked I nearly choked in my coffee. I fared my eyebrows and regained my composure. Perhaps she was wrong. If she was speaking out of turn, I couldn't give too much away. Besides, I'm almost always meant to meet up with the person I had a hit on, not the client who hired me. This would be quite out of the ordinary. I beg your pardon? You are the man who can get rid of problems, aren't you? Did you get my Madrid letter? I sat back, setting my mug down on the table, so there was no mistake. This waif, a coffee shop owner, a young girl with haunted eyes, had found out about my services somehow. She had acquired some she had acquired some way from Earth to send a letter to Starndale with the correct form of currency to pay me double my asking price. That meant she wasn't mortal, not entirely anyway, and had some type of access to just to, to not just another realm, but another world. So, just who was I dealing with here behind the fa uh, facade of Charity Manon? I was not prepared at all for the answer. I did. Um, I, was, I wasn't expecting to meet my client here. Usually I meet my victims and it's done over in moments. This is quite unusual. I want you to understand that. I understand that perfectly fine. I just want to go over with some thing, uh, go over some things with you. I want you to understand who you're dealing with and why I hired you to wipe them off the face of the planet. All right. I said after another slow sip from my cup, fire away. The man you eradicated is a menace, not just to the human race, but to the entire world as we know it and every realm in between Earth and Europa. You know about Naropa? Of course I do. I was born there. So you're not mortal. Not at all. But you live in a slimy city like this? A mortal, earthbound city. The less likely to be found out. My magic is strong and anyone who seeks it can find it easily. Unless you cover the scent. Big cities with lots of smells and lots of history can hide more than you think. Just wonders for your security. Alright. Fair enough. Go on. He was born on Naropa as well. 
He destroyed many lives before he left the planet and has been burning lives around him ever since. He is currently somewhere else, someplace I can't trace. I've been able to track him all this time, but I've lost him somehow. It is important, beyond important, that we find him as soon as possible and take him out. The last place I know he was was Laughing Hall. Are you familiar with it? I am. Then we need to go there. I have to finish out today, but then the shop is closed on Sunday. You can hang out here if you like. If you keep making me whirlwinds, I'll stay all day and help you wash dishes. I told her with a small smile. She offered me one back. I can do that. Thank you so much for coming out here. I can pay you more tokens if you need it. What you sent me was more than enough. I will admit that it took me off guard. I don't get summons to Earth very often. Yeah, well, this is critical. Her ember eyes darkened and she looked away from me as she pushed to her feet and headed back toward the counter. He has to be stopped. So who is this guy anyway, if you don't mind me asking? I usually don't get too involved with my clients, but I'm invested now. He's my father. The chill in her voice made, made me freeze. I looked, up at, I looked up as Charity began to set up freshly ground coffee for her shop's opening hour. I leaned back in my chair again and finished my first whirlwind, only to find the cup replenishing itself and refilling as, I, as if I hadn't touched it at all. Bewildered, I looked up to find Charity was staring at me with emerald green eyes. Wonder rushed, rushed through me as I watched her appearance change right before my very eyes. Ew. Ew. I used eyes twice. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Ew. Her, her springy, honey-golden locks turned into thick, waist-length black waves, and her skin turned to soft ashen shade with ginger flecks across the surface. She offered me a new smile, one I didn't recognize, and she began to pour more coffee into little yellow bags. Charity, I said after a while. Where on the rope were you from? Grange in town. I was born in the next county over, in Lackersville. Mm, I know. And your mother had six daughters, three sets of twins. You're the oldest. You lived in a barn on the outskirts of town. Something cold began to settle in my bones. I recalled something about the real Charity's haunted eyes. They were familiar to me somehow. Something distant. Something long forgotten. She sighed and placed her hands on her hips as if she expected something from me. I thought you were a man of great intelligence. Surely you understand, don't you? She asked in a voice that was very different than the one she had originally addressed me in. I know who you are, Jessup Oleander, but don't you know who I am? I stared at her, bewildered, speechless, with cold foam drying out on my lips. My name is Charlie Oleander, and you're my half-brother. What? Remember, Daddy ran away. Damn. Oh, <laughs> yo, what the? <laughs> we were talking about Daddy running away with the 2% milk early. <laughs> Why be? What? That's crazy. Damn. So, like, it loops so well into yours. Because, like, what if Oleander and his sister end up with a hit? Like, what if, um, what's his face? The dude that died, Onyx, has, like, a kid, or, like, his wife, finds out about Oliander and is like, I know, this, I know this couple killed my husband. You have right. to help me. Right. And everyone thinks that she's, like, crazy and, like, pretty and, like, shitty. And then she ends up being, like, this badass bitch who teams up with the Oleanders to take your psycho couple out. And like on the way they come across their dad like and they're like what the fuck and he ends up being like another like cra what if he's crazy too like, all kinds of shit what if That's he's crazy. what if he's working in the factory with your dude right now he could be that's true bro he that's could be one, he could be one of those uh one of the people that like husband was like dude we should uh a a ashley ashton Ashton oh, aisley is like we gotta take this bitch out and like bitch ends up being dad <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, and really and cool. oleander is a pretty flower that's hella poisonous. That's why the last name was oleander. It's a poison. As soon as I saw it was oleander, I was like, ah, because one one of one of the books that I really like to read is called White Oleander mm -hmm. by Janet Fitch. I want to say her name, but anyway, that was a fan. That was great, Chris. Like you write so good. Like it, I like the it's so the tone was so great because it was like so poetic and soft and then it was like getting more and more serious like where the heck is this going like i literally like i literally forgot to scroll at one point as you know you're just like uh i need to keep reading and i was just like oh right i have a job to do <laughs> like <laughs> like i completely forgot it's really good thanks i'm really proud of it actually there was, um, there was like a lot of lines where i was like oh my god that yes I was a I was originally thank you I asked for Jessup's hand in marriage. Um I was originally going to have um his sister not be his sister, but I ended up writing it that way somehow. Um originally I was going to have her also be an assassin that was hired to get a hit on him. Mm. But then as I was writing it, I was like, bro, I need to tie this in somehow. I was writing about like the client. The client was supposed to be made up, the client she was telling him about. Yeah, And, like, the whirlwind was going to be poison. But then, as I was writing it, I was like, hold on. But what if this monstrous, horrible person who, like, kills people and uses people and steals magic and ruins lives is her dad? And I was like, bro, what if it's his dad? And I, like, typed the last line, and I was like, it's not bad. It's not <laughs> Actually, I don't... Okay. And the whole thing where he says, you know, that he has the ability to shapeshift and that it's like almost exclusively for males, but right. um, for somehow or another charity ended up with the ability to shapeshift. She's like the only woman in her family that has it. This is really cool. It's like there's a lot of world building in it for only 10 pages, too. Oh my gosh. Thank and you. <laughs> you got like a good, like, sense of who he was some stuff made me laugh too like even he's just like i'm not gonna bore, bore you with the details there was a rock involved like he's just like like well, he's a his, gentleman he's not gonna yeah. just tell you how he killed someone on your first date like who he is came across so well like they're like he is such a nice guy like if i'm gonna be assassinated it's gotta be him you know but he but he has to have a reason like somebody couldn't just be like oh i want julius st Clair dead he'd be like why they're like, oh, I hate his writing. He's like, that's not good enough. I'm not like it's like he's it's like he said. He's never he's never going to be. He wants to be able to look, sit down in front of his mother, and be like, I killed this person, this person, this person. But this is why. If he would ever look at his mother and be like, I killed this person, and I didn't have a reason. I took it for money. He right. knows that would hurt her, and he would rather die than do that. I could be friends with him. It'd be he like ac he actually like, said. <laughs> I actually pay for him, to but I don't feel good about it. It's like, I what? actually. I killed bad people. I actually plan uh, later on, like for the extension, for him to um, us like literally explain to charity that if he ever feels like he will break his mother's heart, that he, he will be his own last hit because he would rather die than hurt her. That's good. You you created you created a fantastic character. Like you could use him for like whole bunch of stuff if you wanted to like honestly the the gentleman assassin it's great it's good stuff 
But it's not just the front. Like he's not just a gentleman. He's also right. like a, he's a big softy. I think I think it's really good you you did it in first person because you could feel that. You I tried. I mean? Yeah, I don't ever write in first person, and I was like, I I wrote it in third person originally, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like it. I was like, why don't I love this story? Why don't I like it? So I rewrote the first three pages in first person, and I was like, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. I do the whole, I got to do the whole damn thing like this. Because I can identify with him, I feel it. It's so it's so different, and like, yeah, I I can totally see him killing my scumbag married couple <laughs> because they're not good people like they're not getting a happy ending like right no they're not so i have a i have a okay i just i just thought of something um so the the neighbor uh lena mm-hmm. what if lena grows up and like ends up being married to uh onyx what if she's mrs onyx and that's how she knows him Oh. She has a history of being with shitty men. Yep. That would work. That would work. Yep. That could segue into the kind of finding out about them. And then, you know, it's kind of cool too, because you could do, even before the two stories merge, you can have them still be a little bit separate too, to like Mm -hmm. do the build you know the build up or whatever yeah we could extend on these a little bit for sure exactly before before we do the before we do the actual combo yep exactly the combo itself could be bigger like when you combine all the pages Mm -hmm. then you have like what happens before on both sides and then bring it together Mm -hmm. and all that stuff it's good i love the way you write though like It's some good stuff, Curtis. It's good stuff. Thanks. I made it myself. Micah <laughs> <laughs> said I was not expecting any of this. I need to lay down now. But I love that both of our stories had a twist. Because, like, originally, right. I give you Jessup. And you think that Jessup is behind the mask. He's the assassin. But the behind the mask is actually Charity. Because mm. she paints herself to him as someone that she's not. Like, from the beginning, Jessup, he even opens it with, if you had told me who I was going to be, I wouldn't have believed you. But he te- he literally tells you all this honestly. But yeah. the, the, the surprise, the person who's not who they act like they are, who they say they are, is his sister. Right. That's cool. I was wondering where it was heading. It definitely was unexpected. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like because it was a short story, it's almost like when you read a lot of short stories, they need some kind of twist or something unexpected to make Mm -hmm. it like someone to actually be like, oh, I got to read that again. What Mm -hmm. is it about like short stories that people don't really care for? Because you're literally giving just a little bit. And then you're like, wait, but before, okay, but what about after? What about his cousin Carl? You know, like you want to know yeah, these yeah. things. Yeah, it's like not worth the time investment. Almost, it's like a, yeah, I feel that. But I think it's great though that our, 
both of ours opened the same way, which tickled me whenever, that's why I laugh whenever you first read your first paragraph, because it was like, oh, you know, Musgrave is this wonderful, perfect place to be. And I was like, <laughs> and then like for it to be a wonderful, perfect place to be. And then there's the hidden killer. Yeah. And then, wow, Starendale is this wonderful, perfect place to be. And then there's a hidden killer. No, no, and I was, I was killer. like, yeah! The, the crazy just, thing is we did not talk about like we discussed I swear nothing nothing we, I swear we discussed nothing I didn't I had no idea what she was gonna write I had, I had no, no idea idea I didn't know the characters I also I, really like that your main character is female and my main character is male and that the know, sub the that sub character for mine is female but then the sub character for yours is male right. But, like, how I was saying, Jessup is going to be a very sweet, timid, feminine, gentle, like, wants to actually heal the world person. And then Charity is so burned by it that she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we can burn the whole world to the ground. I really don't care. It's a shitty place. Like, that's why I wanted the contrast between them. Because, but it's funny, because Jessup started from nothing and worked his way to where he is and is a gentle soul. But then Charity actually grew up with privilege and money and never wanted for anything. But now she's bitter because it didn't because the money didn't matter. Like the money didn't buy her what she wanted, which was family, like real authentic family and safety and like love. Like her mother was a very skinny, pretty woman that just couldn't love her. Yeah. And then her father just fucking up and left after he realized that she was like powerful and different. And he was like, ew, okay, I'm leaving. And then, so that's Charity took all, that's how she has all this money. Like, she she doesn't have to do the things she does. But she literally <laughs> has all this money because, right. like, her life was really good. But it didn't have what, she would have given anything to have what Jessup had. Which was a loving mother and family and someone to tuck her in at night. But then... Jessup would have killed to have what Charity had, which was a stable roof over his head that he didn't have to kill people for. Like, knowing where your next meal came from. Having shoes that didn't have holes in them. And, like, even now, as Jessup is an adult, like, he literally sits there and says, like, he has holes in his socks because he forgets that he has money to buy new socks. Mm. Like... I just... I love their parallel so much. I think they're going to be so cool together. Yeah, yeah, I think... Okay, so, like... Tell me if you tell me if this is stupid because like you can it. it's fine. But she's like Chris, this is a short story. How do you have all these? De no, but seriously, this is like like for your characters, you almost need that whole backstory in your head, like for them to be like you have to people. because yeah. you wouldn't have got the authentic Jessup Oleander just now if I had just been like okay, short story done, one and done. Like I have an entire series worth of lore behind mm -hmm. him in his world now. It's up here. And that, and that's precisely why, like, uh, that there's that's precisely why, like, so many times I'll be writing a story and I'll have a throwaway person, like a side character, like you're just here to transition from one scene to the next and help me along with that. You don't matter. But then right. writing their dialogue or whatever, all of a sudden I'm I fall in love with them. Like, I, like I was writing this like short story series called Final Family. And there was like just this best friend on the school bus named Missy or whatever. And like Missy, you're like not even supposed to ever see her again. Oh wait, is that the one but, that I read? That's in the that's in the thing. I think so. Yeah, and, she, and her the, friend got her like a cupcake. I'm for her obsessed birthday with or her. <laughs> yeah, I'm I was obsessed. like, I'm just writing her out, and I'm like, 
Oh, I love Missy now. Okay, I need to now she got a bigger role. It's almost like I called the actress back to the studio and I'm like, okay, we didn't know you're going to be that good at your audition. We're expanding the role. We'd like to hire you. <laughs> like, but um, I, I was going yeah. to kill Sia in book one of Sha I was going to kill Sia in Shadow's Wake. Really? I fell in love with her character so hard. I can't. I love her. And then, and then I gave her a fan. She was meant to be like an orphan who raised yeah. herself. And then I loved her character so much. I was like, now nah, let's give her a family. Like, now nah, let's give her a backstory. Like, now nah, right. I love her. Like, it's almost like these characters are like, no, like, let me live. Like, I know what you want. I know what you want me to do, but I'm not going to do it, damn it. This is my shot. <laughs> Let your characters write themselves and you come up with the best people, I promise. I know, like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Okay, so Anyways, you said, let me know if this is right. stupid, and then we got distracted. Right, okay. I almost, like, I'm, I think we're, like, kind of both agreed on the whole, like, Jessup getting a job to take out the two. Right. It's, I mean, that's perfect, right? I almost Which want... is scary how perfect it is, actually. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's insane, because we did not plan this. At all. But, but I almost want a scene, and like this, I, I assume this would be a scene we like write together. Okay. But like before they get murdered, I don't know. However, whatever. But like, wait, is Charity with Jessa in this? In after she, them, she, the couple. Um, she. Okay, so initially he's going to be like, "Okay, we'll go home. We'll take care of it." But she's like, "It's so personal. It's my dad that I mm. I have to be with you." Okay, like perfect. she, li like she won't let him go by herself, by himself. Because if, because if they go to, if they go to Musgrave, and Musgrave's supposed to be this fancy blah 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 place, she would be more enamored with how Musgrave is on the surface, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when they come across the the couple, it almost be like, wow, like <laughs> almost like what people are telling them in the short story, like you got all this stuff. And all this you got going for you, like why do you need to like jeopardize it with like right. or whatever? And then at the same time, the couple is looking at Jessup and they're like, "Wait, you you're an assassin? You kill people? You get you can actually do what we want? Like <laughs> they're like, we want to fulfill this need. You do it professionally. Are you are you hiring? Like, like, <laughs> and he's like, you're. But the but it's perfect because he's such a gentleman. That's why he's able to be an assassin in a way, because he's like, I'm not making it personal. I'm not doing this out of bloodlust and stuff like that. Like I'm good at it, but I'm professional at it. Like, you know, and it's almost like, they're just like, I, I almost want a part where they're like, they have some kind of realization and they're like looking at it at each other or something. And like, I don't know which one, probably Kim. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter which one, but one of them is just like, yeah, we can't have children. Yeah, we can't. Even though they're about to die, they're still just like hitting this realization. Like, like we're psycho. We would be terrible parents. <laughs> yeah, the, the, like Kim's. What? Kim's like bleeding out. She's like, yeah. I would have been a really shitty mom. <laughs> He's like, Ainsley's still an asshole. I've been telling you this whole time, babe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> but like, just the realization of like, wow we didn't even consider this way like we're such psychopaths that of course we can't be good parents of course we can't we shouldn't be allowed to live 
it's almost like a redemption. It's not a redemption, but it's almost <laughs> like a. It's, I'm like, hold up, back up. Wait, it's not a redemption. Wrong word. <laughs> but it's almost just like a, like, well, at least it's almost like a narcissist realizing they're an asshole. Like, even though they're, even though it's too late and they're on their deathbed and they're dying tonight and they're just like last breaths and they're just like evil dies no tonight. <laughs> Kimberly dies tonight. Well, yeah, it's like a narcissist being on his deathbed, just being like, you know what, son, you know what, daughter. I just realized I'm a fucking asshole, and it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, no shit. But at the same time, it's like, well, finally. I mean, it's too late. Like, gee, thanks. Good riddance, but hey. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we could, we'll do it justice. This is going to be fun. It's going to be good stuff. I'm really excited. I'm totally going to dig deep into their marriage and they're getting sloppy and because they're, they're stupid. Like y'all are like killing people recklessly in the streets and then eating them and then like marketing their flesh (laughs) off to people. And Jessup's like, all right, well, Okay. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I work. <laughs> yeah. I'm from the bakery down the street. Um. I have these. I have these scones for you. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're blueberry. Uh huh. Yeah. Enjoy. Oh. All right. So actually, what's happening is that you're going into paralysis. Yeah. Um. So you shouldn't hit people. Okay. And yeah. now you're not ever gonna hit anybody ever again. All right. <laughs> and um. Once you're and once you're gone, I'm going to I'm going to bury you. Okay. And. Uh, Oh, you have a cat? I'm a doctor cat. Right. Um, and, um, oh, you're, okay, so now you've lost function. Okay, you can't, okay, what's happening right now is that you're going to stop, you're going to literally, you're going to stop breathing. Yeah, you're gone. Okay. Well, I'm going to close your eyes. That's creepy. I'm going to take your cat. And, um, God, thank you for letting me feed my family the other day. All right. Wonderful. Okay. Um, rotten hell. You're a piece of shit. Okay. Right. All right. I know, right. All, all right. right. <laughs> Let's, all right. Yeah, no, like like the characters are. I'm like they're both pieces of shit. They they they're sloppy. They're selfish. They're like I, like even even the like at, like even in the beginning when I was writing the story, I was just like, okay, I'm tr- I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with the scenario that makes Kim like originally it wasn't gonna be Ainsley, it was gonna be Langston, and the twist was like she's just a killer. But I'm like yeah. that's not good enough because I would have seen that shit coming. That's not you saw enough. that coming. You saw that coming. I'm too. a writer. Right. Bro, and I'm I- a writer. And not only am I a writer, but like she the way I in my head. Okay, you said right. insidious. In my in, you said insidious, right? Insidious, yeah. You know how whenever they're in the further and like all the people are doing housework but they're like creepy and demonic? Mm-hmm. I literally saw this like like washing dishes with like a sadistic smile on her face. Yeah. But there there was something about the way that you painted her that made me like I don't trust that bitch. I don't. <laughs> like right. I also I also right. felt bad for her because like clearly like her husband is like an abusive asshole, but also but, something yeah. something's wrong with her. Yes. But I also catch stuff like that because I'm a writer. I pick up on like little tiny droppy cues. Right. Because I knew from the beginning she was a mer- she was a killer. Mm-hmm. It was just painting that and I was like, I want I want people to feel bad for her. I want people to 
and then she's cleaving the meat aggressively. Yeah, like, it's just like, like talking uh, about her husband. Like, Are you, why don't you love me? Slice. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So it's like I knew she was a killer, and at, and, and at first I was like, I'm gonna make it so that she's like this methodical whatever. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I need to make this selfish, where it's just like we were both we were both killers. We had a good thing going. We're just kind of like natural born killers, where they're just kind of just. Woo, we're having fun. Something was wrong from the start. It's Chucky and Jennifer Tilly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We're we're just a mess, but we're trying to like, you know, we're trying to get domesticated and do the right thing, but we're still fuck ups. (laughs) And you know what? Let's just be fuck ups. You know what I mean? And it's like, of course you're gonna get caught. Man, they have they have aggressive, like kinky sex. You know they do. They're like, (laughs) she has like her nails sharpened to fine points so she right. could scratch him and draw blood. Right. And he's like, she was, yeah! she was like, you! before we butcher Langston, can we take him home? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, ill. <laughs> he still think. has like three good holes. Like, and and we oh, made some, no. and, we, and we made some more. So we can, it's like a glory hole, but one person. No, no, no. <laughs> Gross. Ew. But th- th- they would do well, that. Those are the yeah, kind of characters that. that they would do that. I'm probably I'm probably gonna do it so like like starting out they're so happy and quote unquote in love again they're so like oh my god yes like and then it's just gonna spiral out they're gonna be stupid again and they're like they're like I love that it's like withdraw like like they're both like they're like "Mm, need to mm, I I just wanna. Yeah. I, ch- I, ch- I just want to. G- Shh. You know what? But yeah, Kung, um, Kung Pao Chicken. But writing this, writing the story was fun because even for like, um, even for when it comes to fantasy world, and you have like the. Hold on, did you see what Mike said? What? What did Mike say? Uh, she's like, I would love to turn in my future contract. <laughs> I know. Let's just get it out the. Can we she's make like, a contract so I can rip it up and? <laughs> we make her one. She signs in. She immediately sends it back. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> it's, it's 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 like um initiation. Like you have to. We have, have to. to yeah. We have to offend you just enough to rip it up, and then we can take you for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Yeah, even for Fantasy World with all the like different novels and stuff like that, and there'll be all these side characters. Like I started writing side stories for fun too. And like mm-hmm. I want to release them in anthologies just to you know, like I don't I, like I remember this one story I wrote about a gardener or something like that. And it's just like this you nice told little me about old that man. One. Yeah. And it's just like stuff like that. Like it's just ah, oh, it's fun. It's fun to it not fun. have to plan out like a 300, 400 page <laughs> book you know sometimes it's nice to just but it's it you know what's weird about oleander though is that not only is it not i don't write in first person so it's already out of the norm for me yeah i've never written anything like this ever mm. like yes it's like yes it's fantasy but also what if he was like a special effects makeup artist and that's how he transformed the way that he looked like, it literally doesn't have to be magic. Like, I True. literally am writing a story about an assassin. I've never done, done anything like this. Right. And the great thing about him, like, them being from, like, Naropa or whatever, 
is like Naropa is such like a wild, wild west when it comes to magic and all this different stuff, like different regions or whatever. So it's like it makes sense. Could come from there. But um that was cool. That was really cool. That was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. So like especially uh anyone like watching this or leaving comments if you're watching it later, like if you have another prompt for us, let us know and we'll consider it for the future. And um I mean Micah I know give us a prompt. Micah give I us know. a prompt right now. Oh right now. I mean I know we're I know one in the in the queue <laughs> is gonna be like a uh <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Did you make a dad joke off your own name? Like get fucked, buddy. <laughs> you know, I want to oh, review no. my contract of fantasy world at this time. No, no, I'm is. taking no. Jessup back. You can't have him. There, there it is. <laughs> but um, but yeah, um is obviously the erotica. Mm -hmm. Um that one. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But other than that, it's like yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do for a prompt, but figure it out. But um, I would also I thought I thought it would be kind of cool to like, like, kind of pick your brain a little bit on like like when you when you write a story in general, are there any um, special things that you feel like people should do if they're writing their own story? Like like what what makes like, how do your stories turn out so well? Like, is there like a process you go through or you just kind of wing it or how does it yeah. come to you? I don't know. Um, so I played around with the, I, I don't know what I originally wanted to do for Behind the Mask, but it wasn't this. Wait, now I remember. So I actually wanted it to be like from the, the reason that it starts out the way that it starts out is because I wanted it to be from the perspective of an animal, like an anthropomorphic animal that okay. had extremely high intelligence. And I wanted this creature to be able to like go through different realms and different worlds. And I was going to paint the entire thing without giving any kind of physical description or anything like that. And at the very end of it, I was going to have this character look into a pool of water and then you would reveal that he was actually a white wolf and that this entire story about like, all this history that he's lived through and all these things that he has seen. And he's just this highly intelligent, like animal that for whatever reason has this stupid intelligence that he can't explain. And he's mm -hmm. like lived for like hundreds of years, but he doesn't age. And he's just like stuck in this weird in between where he's just always learning and growing and knows all this stuff. And that nobody's ever known who he was until one day he walks by a blind girl and the blind girl would like actually be able to see him, but just him. Um, so that was my, like, original thought process was that's why I don't have any, like, description at all of what Jessup looks like. He was supposed to be a wolf named Socrates. Okay. Um, but I wasn't vibing with it. I couldn't, like, get it to latch. And I actually wrote a book, a short story about a wolf that had extreme intelligence whenever I was, like, 11. And I loved it. And then I told you that my computer, like, ate, like committed non-living i lost like everything i've ever written Ugh. um so that sucked and i didn't write for like two years you know mm -hmm. so mm. uh so i typically honest to god just sit down and start writing hmm. like some people use like outlines and shit i usually don't like i really don't i sit down and my brain's like okay uh and i'll have like a few points like with tre with my part part of treachery mania 
I was like, okay, so I definitely want this to be a factor, that to be a factor, that to be a factor. And I have to make them work together somehow. And I'll start writing. And I get to a point where I'm like, I haven't factored in B yet. I have to find a way to factor in B. I'll either squeeze it in with what I've already written or find a way to fit it in. And if I can't, I will fix it until I get point A, B, and C in there. Because hmm, that's part that's of the vision. Great. It has to be in there. Like, that's part of the entity that's been taking me so long with Racy Wind is that I wanted to add so much heart and meat into it to give you more of a feel for the world and like where we're at that I have, like, an A through F right now. And I'm like, all that has to go in there or else I'm not calling it finished. And I've gotten to the end of it twice now and missed, like, three of them. I'm like, nope, got to fix it. It has to go in there somewhere. <laughs> Interesting. See, I, and then, I of actually, course, I, I edit that, like, seven times. And then, and then it's done. And it's done. Hmm. So, do you, so, so it almost sounds like it kind of, like, just comes to you in general? Or, like, a moment will come to me, and I'll write an entire something around that. Okay. Like, I actually wrote, I think, the 10th chapter in Shadow's Wake, which is the attacks chapter. I had a nightmare. And in that nightmare, um, I was walking through the woods, and somebody that I didn't know was following me. And I was telling someone out loud that I was afraid of the dark. And I don't remember why, but said whoever it was that was in the dark with me, was like, and where'd you learn that? And then I woke up. And it scared me so bad that I wrote out an entire, like, chapter. And it wasn't even, like, the characters from Shadows Wake at the time. Just random names I glued in there. And after I wrote it, I was like, this has to go somewhere. This has to be part of something that's too important. And then that was how I came up with the plot twist-ish of Shadows Wake. Because originally it wasn't what it is now either. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that that's it's it's a little different for me. Like, I someday I'm gonna try to direct like a short film or something because like that's originally what I wanted to be, not a writer. So like, stuff comes to me almost like a movie. So it'll be like the concept, almost like a movie trailer, and then my character. I always come up with my characters. Now, usually there, there will be other side characters that may pop up and then they get bigger roles, whatever. But I usually have like a cast, you could say. So be like, oh, these eight characters are like the ones that are going to be leading this movie or whatever. And then I have a general outline, general, very general, vague. And then one, it never stays, obviously. Like, it's usually a completely different book from how I always envisioned. But, um, but yeah, it's usually some, so it's like a little bit of planning. And then like once the quote unquote movie starts, then it kind of just takes off and becomes its own thing. I mean, sometimes I do that too. Honestly, I don't know if I have a set way of writing. I think that it's just whatever, what are you doing child? I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's just whatever kind of. There's a cat. I think it's just whatever kind of like works or comes to me at the time. Mm. Like sometimes I can sit down and just write it. I just like sat down and wrote um, Oleander. I also just kind of sat down and wrote Treachery. So I don't really know. But sometimes I'm like. Right. What, pumpkin? <laughs> the cat. Hmm. 
I know, and, and then like obviously like it has to be something that I'm writing that I'm actually enjoying myself. Like that's oh, does that ever happen to you when you're writing something and you're at a boring part and you're just like, okay, I can't do this, and you got to like put it away for a while or racing wins. <laughs> Uh, I I used to tell people I used to tell people they'd be like oh I have writer's block or I'm so bored I'm like throw a bomb on it they're like what I'm like yeah throw a you bomb you told on me it. that before too something unexpected and whatever like just, just yeah I, I was like I'm having writer's block please help we were like make it crazy and I was like okay <laughs> because then you're excited again and you're like oh this this jazzed it up mm-hmm. yeah because oh, if I'm not enjoying it the reader's not suck but yeah i don't know i but fantasy world i'm super excited about i know for me i have like things are like divided into seasons based on like all the different works coming out and stuff like that i have like 10 seasons planned so like for my story arcs i know how it's gonna end way down the line i don't know how many years it's gonna take for all that but I have 10 seasons planned and then it's done. Like my story. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll come up with other stuff, but the main thing will be done. I mean, I know how I know how I want Mythics to end. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, I think I have a game plan for the Dragon Soldier series. And I also know how the Land of the Four Seasons is going to end. Anything else? We're just gonna have to see, guys. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I'm sure other stuff will come, but I mean, I'm gonna write a bunch of novellas in first person about dragons, like mm-hmm. from the shadows, like shadow from like the um, mythic series, because yeah. Zura has a backstory called uh, a novella called Blue Is the Sky, where you get her backstory through the dragon wars and how she ended up with uh, William and Katie. And um, stuff like that. So Xander's backstory and how he lost his horn and got all scratched up and stuff. I just, I can't wait for people to get like, I want them to be like obsessed with the stuff we're coming out. Like, just like, oh my God. Like, I don't know. You know what I want? And I will never want for anything else for as long as I live. What? I just want unprompted. I don't know the person, never met them, don't know who they are from Adam. I want to hear somebody say that my book is their favorite book. Or or that I am their favorite author. Like, I think if I ever saw anywhere, like, wow, read this, obsessed with it, like, can't wait for the next series, or so sad right. the series is over, like, I wish you would keep going, or I, I'm, I can't wait for the novellas for the dragons to come out because I have to have more of this world. Like, at that point, I don't even care. I've won. I have accomplished what I have wanted to accomplish in life. Somebody loved my work so much that they they put it like we talked about our favorite books like a few like quite a few episodes ago. Like mm-hmm. imagine that somebody else is doing a podcast talking about our books being their favorite. Like that's it. That is it, you know? Oh yeah. That's oh, it. We'll, oh, we'll have it. Oh show. Yeah, well, that was an interesting episode. It wasn't as 
insane as usual. I, I disagree. Was, but I think it was really good. And honestly, the people need a break. Yeah. <laughs> they need so a little I break. I yeah. think that every time that we do one of these, we just keep calling it Clash of the Authors so people can find them. Mm. So the next one will be Clash of the Authors 2, Clash of the Authors 3. That way people know which ones to look for where we do, where we do this. I agree. That's a good idea. I'll do that. Yep. Clash of the Authors 2, blah, blah, blah. I like that. But yeah, I surprisingly think we're pretty much just going to wrap up and end the show. Like, mm -hmm. I, there's... You know what I mean? It's like ending on a good note, you could say. Like, yeah. So, anyways, um, thank you all for watching and listening. And please, like, um, in the comments, like, you can tell us what you liked, what you did it, what you hope to see in the future, and especially if you have any prompts for us. Um, it's good stuff. So. You heard our behind the mask stories here first. So if we end up jazzing them up and publishing them and if they kick off and people love them, um, you heard it here first. And it won't be the last prompts that you hear. So with that being said, we love you all. Have an awesome, 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 awesome night. And I will actually click the outro this time. Thank you for listening to the Chris X Claire Experience. If you love this podcast, head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. You can also check out fantasyworldbooks.com to get more information on other shows, books, music, and more. We also want to thank you for your support because if you stuck with us this long, you can already consider us friends.